11. 1 Corinthians. Paul giving the church at Corinth some instruction regarding the Lord's Supper. <clears throat> and tonight we want to look at the purposes of the Lord's Supper, the purposes of communion. Why did God establish this? Why do we um, do this? <clears throat> and in verse 23 of 1 Corinthians 11, <clears throat> I'll begin reading. For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. <clears throat> Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another, and if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. So Paul lays down, God lays down through Paul, some instructions how we are to observe the Lord's Supper. First of all, this is written to the local church. It's an ordinance of the church to be carried out by the local assembly, and it's a reminder to us that, first of all, this is a memorial. You've had the opportunity to visit certain memorials, and some of the memorials that you visit, you may walk up to it and say, oh, this is a, a memorial to a Civil War battle that took place here. And you may not have known much about the battle itself, but as you stood there and read on the plaque or, or the information that is there, you begin to realize, oh, wow, right here in this place, this battle took place and this many people lost their lives and, and they want people to remember that. They want it to, to be fresh in our minds that what we're enjoying, people have have given their lives to protect and so on, whatever the memorial is. So memorials are to help us remember. And honestly, every one of us needs help remembering. It is so easy to get our 
nose to the grindstone of life and get living through life, that we, we forget what God has done on our behalf. We forget what has given us what we have today. But first of all, as a memorial, it is for us to remember the life, the sacrifice, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This do in remembrance of me. And it's not just remembering what a wonderful man he was. It's not just remembering that he was a great teacher, although he was a great teacher. It's not to remember that he did miracles, although he did miracles. All of that would be in vain were it not for his death and his resurrection. And and we have, Wednesday night, we looked specifically at the cross. Um, today we've remembered his resurrection. Um, but we remember his body that was broken for us. As, as we come tonight, that's what we're remembering. It's to make us go back and remember that. It's to remember the blood that was shed for us. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. I'm not going to go into detail about the sacrifice, but it is to remember the cost of our salvation. This is, it is free to us. But it wasn't free, period. It was at great cost. And <clears throat> as we come tonight, we are, we are here to remember, first and foremost, the life, the sacrifice, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it is also a reminder to us that we are to remember what He saved us from. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, writing to the believers at Corinth, he gives the list fornicators and idolaters and adulterers and effeminate and abusers of themselves with mankind and thieves and covetous and drunkards, and revilers, and extortioners shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, and such were some of you. But you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. We need to think tonight where we would be were it not for Christ. And there is no limit to where we would be in the depths of sin were it not for the grace of God. And we need to come back and say, God, thank you for rescuing me from my own destruction. And it ought to have a humbling effect on every one of us we are no better than those that we think are the worst of sinners. We have been redeemed, bought back from sin. And our hearts, every one of our hearts, are deceitful and desperately wicked. <clears throat> and to think what Christ has saved us from, not only in this world, 
but to think of eternity without Christ. I mean, we can't fully imagine it. But were it not for His body and His blood, that's what we would have. We would have an eternity in the lake of fire, separated from God, separated from everything good, and no release. And and it ought to humble us to say, God, thank You for what You saved me from. And then it ought to be a memorial to us remembering what He has saved us unto. We mentioned this morning the veil was rent in two and we have been brought to fellowship with God, restored to fellowship with God. We are sons of God, adopted into His family, heirs of God. Um, We could do whole series on what we are in Christ that we have the Word of God is now alive to us because we have spiritual life, that the Spirit of God guides us into truth, and this book speaks to us, and what we are now and what we will be. So it is, it is a memorial. And a memorial to, to get the fullness out of this is to remember the life and sacrifice and resurrection of Christ, to remember what He has saved us from, and to remember what He has saved us unto. The inheritance that we have and the opportunity we have to walk with Him today and have Him ministering in our lives What a blessing it is. So this is all a reminder of that. But it is is more than just a memorial and not minimizing that fact. But it is also a symbol of fellowship. We are here tonight in a fellowship. And first of all, it is a symbol of that we are in fellowship with God. I mean, and, and just saying that, that, that is an astounding statement that we can be in fellowship with God. And this is what, <clears throat> this is what we are celebrating here. And, and because of that, in this passage, he said, and he gives warnings in this passage, that because you are in fellowship with God, examine yourself that you do not allow sin into your life to disrupt the fellowship and don't minimize this fellowship thinking, oh, I'm going to come and remember what He did for me, but I'm going to hold on to my sin. He said, God will bring judgment on that that type of attitude. And so, as we saw in the video, God in His mercy and grace reached down and brought us to Him. And he, and in essence, what He's saying through this fellowship, don't you take this lightly. Don't you deal lightly with the sin that caused Christ's persecution and death. And, and don't come <clears throat> with a, a carnal, fleshly spirit that, well, nobody's perfect. 
the reality is, God, make me to be sensitive to my own sin. This is a reminder that, as we saw in, in, in Peter, be ye holy, he's calling us to, for I am holy. And this is a reminder to us that this is the standard. It is God's holiness. And yes, He is a forgiving God, but He wants us to have an attitude towards sin as He does. And confession is seeing sin the way God sees sin. So, in this passage, He said, let a man examine himself and, and to see that he eats this bread and drinks this cup in examining his own self and dealing, as the Spirit of God um, brings to mind the reality of this, <clears throat> that we come to see the reality of this and understand, I am in fellowship with God. He has chosen us to be peculiar people. I mean, to live by a different standard, to live with a different life to live because we have a different master. I mean, peculiar in the sense that we aren't living for the same things that everyone else is living for. We have been brought to a higher fellowship. And, and as believers, <clears throat> this is a memorial of what, <clears throat> what He has done in our life. But it is so much more than that as well. It's a reminder, what a fellowship, what a joy divine that we have the opportunity to lean on the everlasting arms of the Lord and to walk in fellowship with Him and, and to examine our life. Lord, how is my fellowship with You? How is my walk with You? And, and to think about that, I'm going to ask Jason if he'd come and lead us in the song, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. This is a, a fellowship. It says, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the... This is, this is what we're celebrating here, that we have fellowship with God. You think of that as we sing and think about, how is my fellowship with God? I had someone this week say, you know, I, I never felt that important people in my life really cared to be around me or really were really interested in my life. And I thought, I wonder if God really thinks we're interested in Him. Do we care to be around Him? Do we care to spend time with Him? Do we value this fellowship? It, this fellowship did not come cheaply. And it is to be valued, and we need to ask ourselves, Lord, is there anything that's hindering my fellowship? You think of that as we sing. To the fellowship... It is even in addition to our reminder of our fellowship with God. It is a reminder that we have fellowship one with another. We are communing together with God. Hence we call it communion. 
Verse 18, when you come together as a church, we're coming together. What is the common bond that brings us together? We have so many different interests and personalities and varieties, but the one thing that brings us together is Jesus Christ. And that's what we're focusing and that's what we're celebrating in. This is it. This is this is what we have together. And and the the message that God has called us to do is to love one another. We've been going over all these one another's that that he has called us to do. Um you know, first John says don't claim to love God if you don't love your brother or sister. You know, we've alluded to this before, but I, I think it, it brings it out. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to, to ever be in a stadium with fans of all your same team, and let's just say your team scores a touchdown, and it's just a natural thing. You're turning around high five. You don't even know these people from Adam. But you have this one thing. We're all supporting this team. And yet, if most of us at these ball games acted like a lot of Christians, we'd go, yeah, ah, no, 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 oh, yeah, you. That's not right. We're coming, and this is a reminder to us here. You know, I, there, there are people that I've been at ball games and done that with that I'm sure I don't have anything in common with them other than we want this team to win. We have so much more in common that we mentioned last Sunday night <clears throat> that we need to quit this. Oh, not you. Oh, yeah, you I will. I'll double, you know. No. And this is a reminder. We're partaking this together. And as it gets darker and darker in this world... It ought to drive us to build up and strengthen and help one another more and more to go out in this dark world. Because <clears throat> it, it's hard, isn't it? It's discouraging at times. It's difficult. Life is hard and we need to lift up. And this is what it's all about. Romans 12 says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with those that weep. We've gone over the one another's. Bear ye one another's burdens. Listen, if we're not for each other, no one else is going to be. I mean, the reality, if we're not building up one another, the reality of that, this is, this is a family. This is a body. So if we don't build up one another, who will? So, it is a memorial. It is fellowship. And it is also anticipation of His return. Verse 26, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till He come. You notice how they keep coming back to the coming of the Lord again. 
<coughs> he says, keep doing this and Christ is coming again. Do it with anticipation. We have, we're thankful for the fellowship with God, but we're longing for the fellowship that is unbroken and unbattled. We're thankful for the communion that we have with God and with one another, but we're longing for that communion with God and with one another in perfect harmony. Man, won't it be great in heaven when you get there and everybody's just like you, right? No, wait a minute. We're just like Christ. In this life, we think, if everybody would just agree with me, it'd be good. No, if everybody agreed with me, we'd be in deep trouble. And the same is true with you. But when we get to heaven and everyone totally agrees with God, that is heaven. And with anticipation, <clears throat> with thanksgiving, the memorial, remembering his body, remembering his blood, the fellowship, yes, now I have fellowship with God. And I have fellowship. I share this in common with one another. God, help me to love them more dearly. You know, that's a prayer we ought to pray daily. God, help me to love like you love. <clears throat> There's not a one of us, and God's really been dealing in my heart in this area, to, to not even, I'm not even at first grade in the love of God. And to, to manifest love like he loves. And Lord, help me to love others and show that, and help me to do that. Until you come again. As we said, life is hard. But this is coming back and calling us to God and reminding us until he comes, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. I'm going to ask Jason to come and lead us in that song. As we do, we'll ask those helping with communion to just come and be seated right down here.